Julianne Murray, chair of the Republican Party here in Delaware. Thanks for being here. I am so happy to be here. Although I'm disappointed because last time I sat right next to you and you were in my wingspan so I could tag you if I needed to for something. So. <laughs> I, I, I had to duck you, I guess. Yeah, we we now have safety glass yeah. between us. I'm not quite sure how to take that. So uh, quick, I know, right? This is from COVID. This, yeah, I, yeah, I know. You know. So quick history. Uh, Julianne Murray made her name running for governor. When she was running for governor... And we had the interview here in the studio. I listened to everything that you said. And and I said, in fact, I asked, why are you running for governor? As I listened to you, you sound like you'd be an awesome state attorney general. You said, nope, I'm running for governor, running for governor. Fast forward. <laughs> you ran for state attorney general. Yes, I did. And the most solid candidate we've had in years for example, we were talking about our current uh, attorney general, Democrat, Kathy Jennings, and well over 85% of uh, gun charges being thrown out. Mm-hmm. You want to help the people no matter where they live, mm-hmm. but we see people living the east side of Wilmington, down around New Street in Dover. I mean, wherever you are, and there's all this violence. Unfortunately, uh, for you, and I think for Delaware, because uh, I will tell the audience, Julian and I have become friends. Mm-hmm. Why? We agree on a lot of stuff. Now, I'm still going to ask some tough questions, but I just want everyone to know that it's it's true. We agree on, on, we do. on a lot of policy that affects people's lives in meaningful ways. Absolutely. So uh, with that in mind. Well, you didn't tell. I lost the AG race. But close. You came closer. 12,225 votes. Than any other uh, Republican has, especially in uh, in Newcastle County and Wilmington. In many, 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 many years, there are people who want you to run again. Mm -hmm. And I told people I'd had a conversation with you. You could say it yourself or why you're not going to run again. Correct. Well, and all right. So on the AG race, the 46.2 percent. So we are definitely the Republican Party is, you know, is making inroads in Delaware. Um, And I'm saying it's the Republican Party. There are those that, you know, say it it was me as a candidate. I was an I was an unusual candidate. I think we all know that you either like me or you don't like me. And, you know, because I have a strong personality. The AG race crushed me. It just did. I, you know, I I wanted I felt like I was the AG. I wanted to be the AG. And, you know, and when I uh, when I lost, ultimately, you and I have talked about this. I got the crossover vote that I needed. Yeah. It was the apathy of the Republicans that cost us that election. So in, in Newcastle County, mm-hmm. when 30 percent of Republicans come out and 30 percent of Democrats come out, that is twice as many Democrats, twice yep. as many. Mm-hmm. If you had had 50 percent, not even 60, yep. you would have won. Yeah. I would have won. So that is the perfect segue for why would I then run for the chair of the party and, you know, and, and in terms of what I do from here. And so running for the chair for me was about getting the Republicans in this state excited, engaged, ready for 24. I mean, we've all heard that the 2024 election is the election of our lifetime. We've been hearing this every, you know, every, every election. election yeah. Everyone. It yeah. sure feels, I got to tell you, this one, you know, it feels that way. It Why? does. Why? Well, I mean, I think nationally there is a, you know, we are at such a, such odds in terms of the, you know, the, the, the left has gone so far left. 
uh, the the right. There's part of it that's gone so far right that there's there's, there's no middle ground anymore, and there is so much uh, from a policy standpoint. Uh, you know, e- even priorities and the things that we're talking about, I just think there's a lot on the line, you know, and, and here in Delaware, uh, you know, I was at a legislative priority seminar yesterday uh, that Caesar Rodney Institute put on at uh, the General Assembly. Uh, so I was at Lake Hall talking about how poor we are in Delaware economically, educationally, you know, health age, all of these different things that, you know, that are, we are, we're sitting here on this precipice of we're either going to go off the cliff or we're going to, you know, we're going to stop the, you know, stop this runaway train and do something about it. Mississippi looks at Delaware and laughs. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, people joke about, oh, you know, we're a mini California. Uh, Have you looked at California lately? I mean, just economically, where California is and what's going on in terms of, you know, debt spending and all. Now, we do not have debt here. We're, we're fortunate that we don't. Well, but we don't. We don't want to be a Delifornia. Now, there, there are some people in office here who do want us to be a Delifornia. But understand, um, in fact, uh, Charlie Copeland, Caesar Rodney Institute, yep. was on my program. He's crunched the numbers, and he found that there is mass exodus from Delaware amongst people who are college-educated, they have families, they have kids, they're still working. They're going to Texas, they're going to Florida, they're going to Georgia. They're going to other states where they can do well. And California also has a mass exodus of people who are college-educated, who are younger, they have families, and they're going to Nevada, they're going to Texas. Uh, They go to Washington State and go like, oh, my God, this is just as bad, and they leave and go down to Nevada. Mm -hmm. So... We really don't want to be that state, do we? We don't. Well, yeah. and I mean, and so California, and I, this this is the biggest run-on answer in terms of, and I'm going to come back to whether I'm running and what I'm doing and all of that. No, I am not running for governor. Uh, you know, the, uh, which then begs the question, well, is she going to run for AG in 26? Who knows? You know, I mean, I, I had said never, never say never. But when I ran to be the chair, it's a two-year term. It's 23 to 20, uh, 23 to 25 and uh, I've, I told you as we were walking in, you know, this is a uh, spirit-crushing, soul-sucking position. Uh, and being the chair of the party is a tough job. Why? Um, there are very few people who come to you and have good news and say good things. This is, it is the... Uh, they it, expect you to solve all their problems? They do, individually and collectively. And, I mean, now I am fortunate. I have people who come to me and say, thank you so much for what you're doing. You, know, you are making a difference. Thank you for the inroads. And those people absolutely fill me back up. That's a good thing. So what do you need to do to uh, to make the Republican Party successful in Delaware? I got to get people engaged. But it's, you know, but there's all different kinds of engagement that happens here. And so, you know, so my message on this is basically, you know, if you, you can't sit on the sidelines anymore, if you are worried about where this country is going or where this state is going, uh, it's time to get up and do something about it. I'm not saying you have to go run for office. I'm not saying that you have to you know, uh, necessarily you know, become an election district committee man. I mean, yes, I want to grow the party. There are things that I want to do. But you do have to start talking and caring about what's going on. So you, get talk, you, you talk, so you get educated. You go to meetings, yeah. and, uh, and you'll learn about the candidates, learn about the issues, and you take that to your neighborhood. Yep. And you can volunteer by doing door hangers, knocking on doors, making phone calls, sure. or, or just stuffing envelopes, anything. Yeah. But you've got to get involved. Um, I mean, even something and, as simple and, and as... That's, and that's, how, that, that's the state of the Republican Party right now. In fact, speaking of Charlie Copeland, he mm-hmm. said that he's done the crunching of the numbers mm-hmm. and says he believes that there will never again be a Republican governor mm-hmm. in Delaware in our lifetime. What do you say to that? I can't believe that. Because? Uh, um, 
well, all right, and this is going to sound very uh, self-serving. You know, I, I, I was darn close in the AG race. You know, I, I mean, I think that there... But you ran for governor, and that got your name recognition. It did. So you could run for AG, in my take. You denied it. You said that's not the reason why. You wanted to be governor. I get it. But it did work out that way. It did. And and, and yeah, I love it. You deny. It, it's the truth. I really ran to be governor. You know, I but, know. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. here's one of the yeah. things that's very interesting about the 2020 race. And that is, I mean, and I, I, I don't think I'm shocking anybody when I talk about the fact that vote by mail is what decided the 2020 race. Of course. You know, on the machine vote, I was 5,000 votes away from Carney on right. election day voting Yeah, as a Republican. A, you know, I mean, so it Which is, is outrageous in it, Delaware. Yes. It, so it is. I mean, I think the right person uh, could win. But what is that right person? And that right person is not a stuffy politician. I mean, is, that's is, I mean, well, is it a time when we need another Pete DuPont? Absolutely. Be- because we are in that sort of a critical economic situation here you look at the the unemployment numbers oh first of all with the standard unemployment number where you know the u3 number Mm -hmm. from the bureau of labor statistics we're the worst in the mid-atlantic states if you look at what we call the u6 numbers these are people who have given up people who are working three jobs two jobs people who are indeed looking uh for for jobs we're at seven and a half percent unemployment we have we we have like a 60 percent participation rate in the workforce. That means 40% of the people who are ages between, what is it, 15 and 64, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, have decided, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't think it's ever been that low before. People have just given up. So I hear messages from people in the Republican Party, and I think, well, that's encouraging. That's great. But it seems like, well, the vast majority of the people who are voting are not hearing it, or they don't care. I think it's both. You know, and, and I think that, you know, but the not hearing it is an issue because you have to, I mean, what we, and one of the challenges as you know, as the chair is, is communications and understanding that there is no one perfect formula or one perfect way. I mean, we have all of these different, I mean, so you have email, you have text messaging, you have social media, you have videos. I mean, like there's all these different things that you have to employ to grab different sec- uh, sectors of the population and to educate them. So is the Democratic Party crushing the Republican Party here in Delaware with all of this marketing opportunity? Um, they have been historically. Absolutely. And then, you know, which is a perfect segue, you know, to uh, to the s- special election in uh, in Sussex County that we had in terms of the Democrats you know, didn't crush us. No, they were supposed to. They were supposed to. Yes. And, you know, and so we actually for the first time it, it, that people told me for the first time in in modern history, we had a statewide effort for a Sussex County seat. We had people from Newcastle County who went down and worked the polling places in uh, the early voting and the polling places in Sussex County. We had over 80 people in this state statewide making phone calls. We, I mean, it was, it was an all out drive. Everybody said all hands on deck. We got to defend this seat, you know, because it was a Republican seat. And we are, for those that don't know, two seats away from a supermajority in the House of Representatives, which allows them to rewrite the Constitution at will. That's, a, that's the Democrats. Yeah. And something else occurred, too, and congratulations on that, but something else yep. occurred as well. Uh, Mike Ramone, Republican, yep. uh, put forth a bill that would reduce taxes for the working poor and the middle class. And the Democrats said, basically, uh, hell no, it's not going to go to the floor for a vote. We need people's money more than the people do. And I absolutely read it that way. So this is critical. Now, let's talk about governor. 
All right. I, I looked on the election website. Yep. There's a guy uh, running for governor, Republican. I haven't seen any social media of the guy. I have no idea how to contact him or whatever. What's the deal? Okay. So his name is Gerald Price. He is a Sussex County. Uh, uh, he's a transplant. He is not from Delaware. He moved here, I think, about 20 years ago. Uh, I met with him back uh, shortly after I became the chair because uh, I had heard that he was interested in running. And, I mean, nice guy. And you know, But in terms of uh, ready to be, you know, what, what you have to do in order to become governor, he has a long way to go. You have to make a lot of uh, contact with a lot of people. Delaware is all about relationships. It is not transactional. I've seen that in business. I've seen that in politics. I've seen that with the nonprofits uh, that I've uh, been on the boards mm-hmm. for and, and things like that. You, do, It's not like, you know, New York, where many of those uh, areas are transactional, not necessarily relationship. Here it's all about relationship. And you got to be the kind of person to get out there and make those. Well, and I will say this about Jerry. He, he's, you know, he says, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people. That is terrific. I mean, that is what you need to do. People yeah. need to feel like they know you. Um, but in terms of the broad swaths of people that you need to move and the things that need to happen, I mean, not, clock's Well, that's ticking. what you did. You went to the city of Wilmington, and, and, and you were there, and you got to know my good friend Ivan Thomas. Ivan Thomas uh, grew up in Southbridge and worked his way up, and uh, he wanted to be a video producer. Now, not only is he a video producer, but he has turned uh, the public TV into something that's been, I, in my my opinion, more successful than it's ever been, DETV. Absolutely. And he does it on social media. He's got Facebook. He's great. You went there into the city of Wilmington as a Republican. I did. And said, here's why you folks need to vote for me. You won people over. I did. And, you know, and not I, enough, but you did. I, well, and, and I think that what's really interesting is those relationships are still in place. So for me, so, you know, I went on the agenda with Kerwin Gaines. Kerwin and I still text back and forth. You know, we do not, you know, we are Hannity and Combs, man. I mean, we just, you know, philosophically about kind of where the country's going, do not see eye to eye. But we can have a conversation about it. And you know, last time I was on with them, it was right before I ran for chair. Ivan was there and he said, man, you two are good TV because we just can you can have a conversation. That's important. And those relationships, you know, once I became the chair, I've kept those relationships. And so that's actually helpful for, you know, for any of the candidates that I have being able to call on those relationships and say, hey, you know, will you, will you hear my candidate out? You know, so it's helpful. many people who I think could run successfully for governor um, are not going to because they look at the registrations and yep. say, there's no way I'm going to win. That's what they say. <laughs> so you have to focus on other races. I you, do. You got to focus on state house and state senate. You get the state house, you get the state senate, and you can reverse uh, some of the legislation that actually I, I believe ruins people's lives and you can uh, bring in maybe you know less government, more freedom. So well, what, and I what think are you doing that, about that? Okay, so uh, just to kind of close out the governor thing, we are okay. going to have another candidate. You know, I mean that's, you know, but part of, you it's know, too people, late, isn't it? No, it is it's not. It's January for Christ. It's the end of January. I announced on June 1st and got more votes than any Republican in the history of gov- uh, of Delaware as who lost in a governor race. You're the Energizer Bunny with an extraordinary message. Do you have another Energizer Bunny with an extraordinary I'm message? I'm working on it. Okay. You know, but, but here's the issue. And what, people are like, why don't you have a governor candidate? The answer to that is it's a tough sell. 
As it you is. just said, I mean, yeah. this is anybody who looks at the registration numbers and sees the and sees, you know, what it costs financially to do this, what the personal sacrifice is. Yeah. And all you hear is it can't be done. It can't be done. I mean, who wants to sign up for that? Well, you almost did it. I almost did it. You know, and, and of course, the problem with that is, you know, the the people who say, well, I've never run for office before and I'm going to go run for governor. I mean, what can I say? I, I look at them. I go, well, it's kind of hard for me to say you can't do it because I did it. However, I was an unusual it was an unusual time and I was an unusual candidate in terms of I had sued the governor over covid restrictions. I already I didn't have name recognition in Newcastle County, but I did in Kenton, Sussex. So it allowed me to really focus on Newcastle Mm -hmm. and treat it like a general election from day one. Well, that's why I laughingly called you the governor of Newcastle, uh, governor of Sussex County. You still call me the governor of Sussex County. I know. It's totally okay. Yeah, Uh, it's totally okay. (laughs) Uh, And you won Sussex and you won Kent in uh, the race for attorney general. I did. I did. So I mean, so I, in terms of governor, yes, we're going to have. I mean, there there are still conversations going on. Um, I do think we're going to have somebody who has name recognition who is going to run. What I have to do in terms of getting, I've talked to several people, but in terms of getting them to, I mean, it, it's a tough sell. Hey, can you run? Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about um, you know how you actually achieve that. Mail in ballots. The Democrats win with mail in ballots. You got to play that game. We do. Are, are you ready to play that game? Well, okay. There are no mail-in ballots in 2024. There's no vote by mail. Well, okay, but... Absentee. Absentee ballots. Okay, about. okay, absentee okay. ballots. Yes, yeah. you're right. Okay, so absentee ballots. Did you just say I'm right? I just want to... Often. I just want to enjoy that for a moment. You are, <laughs> you are, you are most often correct. <laughs> no, actually not. But, you know, uh, you know the... Uh, so in terms of going back to that, uh, the special election, the 37th representative district... The uh, we actually went into Election Day with a lead. Hear me. Listen to me on this. Okay, they the Democrats outvoted us in absentee voting. We outvoted them in early voting and made up the difference of the absentee voting and had a lead going in to Election Day. That's a huge deal. Now, people look, yeah, I mean, I can't say it's the first time in history. It is, but history's two years. Okay. Early voting was 2022. But what we all saw in 2022 was we got our butts kicked in early voting. Uh, I mean, I in in my race, in the AG race, the mm-hmm. early voting is what made the difference. That was the 12,000 and some vote difference. Early voting. That's where those numbers were. So, you know, and, and I have heard it and, and I've heard Republicans say we have to vote on Election Day. I get it. You want to vote on Election Day? I'm all for it. But as a party chair, Uh I am absolutely talking about early voting and I'm talking about uh, what's called banking, bank your vote. I'm absolutely advocating for it and saying, look, you know, we are all principled people, but why wouldn't you consider voting early? It's a 10 day window at your convenience. Why wouldn't you consider doing that if for no other reason than if I know you have voted, I then don't have to spend one cent getting you out to vote. I can redirect those resources to people who do want to vote on Election Day. I mean, just from a pure kind of campaign strategy standpoint, the more people that I get to early vote, the better off that is for our candidates because it allows us to move the money and do the, you know, put the resources to the people who are waiting until that last minute. And by the way, uh, my wife, uh, Lori, and I, we voted on a Sunday and went to dinner right afterwards. There you go. It worked. Okay. Julianne Murray, chair of the Republican Party here in Delaware. Got questions? At comments, 302-529-1017. Julianne Murray, Chair, Republican Party, here on The Jensen Show. 
I will get to your phone calls, and then we're going to talk about your focus, mm-hmm. which is the state, ra- the state house, the state senate races. Yes, correct. All right, uh, WDEL, get right in order. Ray and Townsend. Ray, you're on. Hi, Rick. Good morning. Good morning, Julian. Hello. I'd, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to hear hear your opinion on. Uh, I I understand we have um, uh, early voting and everything, mm-hmm. but about having a national holiday to vote for the president of the United States. I mean. Why would that not be a national holiday? Okay, thanks for the question. No, it's a great question, actually. And and in my view, uh, not a bad idea. I mean, God knows we have enough federal holidays, but this one would actually be productive from the standpoint of it's everybody's civic duty to, to vote. Um, but you know, it kind of politically where we are right now, particularly with all of the early, I mean, some States you can vote early 30 days, which I think is wrong. I mean, legally, I just think 30 days for early voting. Um, that's just a long window. I mean, so from the standpoint of, uh, it, it completely changes the dynamic of how campaigning happens. Uh, I mean, it, it is, I mean, I suppose we could make the argument that if we could get off of our duffs and take advantage of it, which I'm trying to advocate we do, um, it, it could be advantageous to us. But 30 days is, I mean, so constitutionally, you know, there are windows of time in terms of when somebody can challenge uh, voter registration, whether somebody is a valid voter and things like that, uh, 10 days prior to the election. So when you start pushing out, to, so we do, that's why we do not have the 30 days. You know, There's another thing, too, and, and that is just the way the media does is they call elections early. So it could be 25 days before Correct. election day to say, hey, we're calling the election for so-and-so. And people say, I'm not going to go vote. Uh, appreciate the call. No, I appreciate it. And I, and I actually think that it's a, a good idea. Let's get to uh, Danny. Hi, Dan. How you do, How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Rick, how you doing? How you doing, Jul- Julianne? I'm doing well, Dan. All right. Nice. I, I just have a quick question for you. Uh, I know that you mentioned earlier that this is the election of our lifetimes. And uh, a little bit curious to see what your response would be for you know, uh, I know that your focus is going to be for local candidates in House and also uh, Congress races here in the state. But I'm just curious, when are we going to see a candidate at the top of the ballot when it comes to the U.S. race? And also, like, lieutenant governor, we currently do have somebody at the top, as you already mentioned, uh, running for governor. But I'm just a little bit curious, is there anybody coming along that you think would be influential at the top of the ballot that would help? candidates at the bottom of the ballot. So in addition to uh, a candidate who's coming uh, for governor, uh, our congressional delegation, Senate and House. Well, okay, so we actually have candidates. So absolute top of the ballot is actually U.S. Senate, and we have a candidate, Eric Hansen, uh, who is... Fantastic. Great guy. He's a good guy, and I think that he is approaching uh, that election very well in terms of understanding who his opponent is and who he has to attract. Uh, if All we, he has to focus on is inflation and making people's lives better, in my opinion. I would agree. You know, I would agree. Yeah. Um, U.S. Congress, we have Danielle Hall, and and that and she, you know, also sets up very, very well. And on the uh, Democrat side for U.S. Congress, there's a three-way primary right now. Yes. So it's so that's you know she she's positioning herself well for that. Well, also she's uh, an excellent con- conversationalist. She yes. uh, she knows the issues. She's on the right side of the issues yes. and, and cares more about the people she's serving than herself or any cronies. Yes. And I, I've had that conversation, and um, 
I think she's great. I do too. Yeah. And and so then uh, so next down would be and and I did not purposely skip president. Obviously, president's the yeah. very top of the ballot, you know. But uh, and then you know governor and lieutenant governor. And I have had nobody talk to me about insurance commissioner. And which, uh, but you know, yeah. something interesting yesterday when I was at the Caesar Rodney luncheon that I'm talking about, we were talking about the uh, basically effective monopoly uh, between Christiana and uh, Blue Cross Blue Cross Blue Shield and. And basically, the the speaker's point was the insurance commissioner needs to be more involved. And I went, ding, ding. Okay, so, um, you know, so I do think that, uh, you know, at this point, the way that it is setting up and it's going for president, it's going to be Trump at the top of the Republican side and it's going to be Biden at the top on on the Democrat side. And uh, and whether that drives voting or not, I can tell you what I'm seeing is it actually I mean, uh, Trump has a lot of support here in Delaware. He just he does. Dan, thanks for the call. Appreciate appreciate it, man. 302-529-1017. I also. Uh, have this theory. We'll see what it happens. If the House Republicans decide to impeach Joe, mm-hmm. that'll drive out more. Uh, they'll drive more Democrats to the polls for the same reason that these prosecutions are driving Republicans to say, you know what? I don't like Trump, but I don't like what they're doing. Yeah, that's just my take. Let's Mom, get to Greg. Yeah. Uh, Greg, you're on with Julianne Murray, chair of the Republican Party. Hey, good morning, Julianne. Hey, ran into you a couple times this month. Anyway, uh, reason I'm calling is our Senator Chris Coons. Uh, yesterday, I called his office regarding what his uh, stance was on tearing down what Texas is building to protect our country. So they're not only wasting Texas's money, but they're wasting our money and they're making us less secure. And I told him I was going to be calling on the Rick Jensen show, and I did. And when I did call, Rick predicted that all I would get would be a word salad. And uh, anyway, they never got back to me, so I called back today again, and they gave me a word salad, which consisted of uh, him being on the Foreign Relations Committee and the Judiciary Committee, but he would not, or his people would not answer whether he was for or against uh, uh, allowing Texas to protect their borders. And then uh, in relation to that, I used to work at Christiana Care, And as you know, it's the largest uh, employer in the state besides the government. And the biggest expenditure that people have before they're in their 60s is maternity. Mm -hmm. And I would see all the people who came in, and it was amazing how many people came in to have a baby with a passport. And I'm wondering if um, if the Republicans are quantifying that and using it as a campaign issue. I know I was helping Rob Arlett, mm-hmm. and I tried to get him to do that, and he really didn't. And I thought through the Freedom of Information Act, we could get that information about how many people, how many anchor babies there are, and how many undocumented people are not actually paying to have a baby. Thank okay. you. Wow, there was a lot in there, uh, yeah. and but I want to hit a couple of things. Uh, I, I'm actually surprised uh, that Coons didn't just emphatically say what the Biden administration is saying is perfect. Yeah, and you know, and didn't take that. Well, he has to. He, he he has to. He's co-chair of the re-election campaign for uh, Biden, and so politically, uh, he has to say stuff like that. But the fact that it sounds like there was word salad that he didn't even say that is kind of funny to me. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, the, yeah. you know, but I mean, so the Texas issue is uh, is a big issue. 
in terms of what's going on there and a state's ability to defend its border and the national border. And, you know, and it's something that, you know, as I'm watching the temperature, it's like, I mean, it's almost like a Fort Sumter thing. Go, I mean, that is going to that is a that is a lightning rod. What is happening on that Texas border? And, you know, and so when you start talking about Delaware and you people, I've had several people say, ah, border, we're Delaware. And it's like, oh, but you know what? What's happening at the border is affecting everywhere. And, you know, and the very undocumented that, you know, that using that phrase is legit. We don't know how many people are coming in. And FBI Director Christopher Wray doesn't know how many terrorists are in our country coming through the border. And he did say that there are. Sleep tight, put and pop. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, this is just, you know, a, a, a big issue. And, you know, I mean, but I do think that uh, Republicans, it's difficult to quantify it, but I do think that we need to be talking about it, you know, it, it, particularly at the national level of what is, you know, what is going on with our border. Um, it, you know, there's a, there's two issues here. There's an immigration issue, you know, in terms of whether somebody is coming in to, you know, to have a baby and it, the anchor baby issue. There's also the security issue of what is going on. Two different things, but I think absolutely at a national level, it's got to be in the conversation. Greg, thanks for the call. I'm glad you reached out to Chris Coons. And by the way, I have a suggestion for you uh, as a gift to Chris Coons for replying to you. Uh, I think you should write a nice, nice little note that says, thank you for your word salad on the border <laughs> security in Texas. Here, enjoy this Texas ranch dressing. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Rick. All right, All right buddy. You, Rick. Take care. Uh, let's get to Antonio, 302-529-1017, with Julianne Murray, chair of the Republican Party here in Delaware. Antonio, you're on. Julianne, let's talk about Wilmington. The Democrats are running it into the ground. We've had Perswicki. His administration has been a failure. Now Carney is, I guess, next in line to be the mayor. Are the Republicans going to get skin in the game and get in there and put our ideas out there to fix this city and revitalize it? Good question. Uh, it's a great question. And, you know, and something that, you know, similarly, unfortunately, you know, to the governor being a tough sell city of Wilmington, all you hear is Republicans can't do it. You know, and, and I don't I don't subscribe to that. I am I am working darn hard to try and get a Republican candidate for mayor. Uh, and because I I mean, I view Carney, uh, the fact that he wants to become the mayor of when somebody told me that I actually thought it was a joke. I mean, like you go from governor to being the mayor of Wilmington, uh, you know, and. Uh, that there are issues there. So, I mean, we, the Republican Party definitely has some, you know, some great talking points. I mean, there are so many exhibits that we can point to about the failures of Wilmington and um, you know, that uh, in, under Persicki that we need to be talking about. But again, tough, tough uh, contest to get somebody involved in it. And you know, I can't make somebody run. Left-wingers in Wilmington say that Persicki is a Republican in, uh, in Democratic clothing. And you look at what happened with Jack Markell running for governor before, and we all know what happened. Uh, he paid, uh, I'm told, like $60,000 to a, an organization that called people who were Republicans, mm -hmm. told them, change Which? your registration, vote in the primary, because whoever wins the primary is going to win the election. And Jack Markell is, uh, is less of a maniac. He's a little more conservative than John Carney. And so that messaging worked. I was also told uh, by someone who I think uh, has knowledge that they did this also with Mike Przicki, saying, okay, there's a handful of Republicans left, change your registration, vote for him in the primary so that we'll have somebody who's at least not a wild-eyed, screaming, uh, out-of-control socialist. Correct. Now, uh, with that happening, how do you actually run in Wilmington as a Republican 
when Republicans in the past have recognized the fact that the registrations are such that people go in, they push D, they don't even think about it. Yeah. And I mean, and that is uh, that's going to take uh, time and money, uh-huh. to, you know, to, to change that behavior. I mean, the in terms of the effort that it took uh, in in the AG race to get people to you know to essentially look at me as the candidate and what I was talking about from a policy standpoint. Uh, but in order to do that, the you have to be willing to get out of the echo chamber. So I was willing to go on DETV. I was willing to go to different, you know, urban leagues and do things and and stand in front of the room and have the conversation. Uh, that's what we need. That is what the Republicans need for a mayoral candidate. It's what we would need for a governor candidate, somebody who is fearless about, you know, that you're on the right side of the issue and need to just get people to understand. You know, give me two minutes. So when we talk about political parties here in Delaware, um, and I'm going to give you an opportunity just to have it at me. Really? I say we are a two-party state, Mm -hmm. Democrats and Socialist Democrats. Republican Party is the answer to a trivia question in Delaware. Hmm. Breaks my heart. Well, bring it. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, historically... That has, you know, you, you would, you're, you're correct. I mean, that the Delaware Republican Party, uh, in, you know, in the last 20 years for sure, has not been effective in terms of getting our candidates elected or, you know, having a structure that could uh, get some good people elected. Okay, well, I didn't expect that answer. I thought you were going to rage at me, so I'm disappointed. Now, <laughs> safety glass, man. If you were sitting next to me, safety, totally. <laughs> I'd be slapped upside the head. Yeah. But- All right. So, are you focusing on state houses, state senate races? Tell us about. That. Okay. Again, I just looked up at the clock. Time flies. We really do have to do this. Uh, I mean, I, I I did say in the quick you know, little snippet that I'm happy to do this again. So I don't want people who haven't gotten through to. Feel I would like-, like to get you and your counterpart Betsy Marin over the Delaware at the Delaware Democratic Party in here uh, at, together. Now I have emailed and called, and I have invited her to be on the program, and I never got anything back. Uh, Am I allowed to come back even if she doesn't? Yeah, if we got something to talk about. Of yeah. course. I, we have something but, to talk about I, every I, single time. But you're going to see her, uh, I understand, at the state at the state address. When you do, let her know that uh, Rick Jensen would love to uh, talk, chat with her on the air. I will. And uh, that I'm inviting both of you. She could be here by herself or, or together. Okay. You're going to yeah. see her. I'm not. Well, and, and for those who, I mean, the, I was invited as the chair of the Republican Party as yeah. a special guest of Governor Carney at the State of the State. And so was Betsy Marin. So we no, will no, be, I, yeah, I saw no, her. Yeah. I saw her at a meeting in uh, yeah. in uh, in Sussex County in Rehoboth and chat with her and said, please. And so I've heard nothing. Well, but uh, anyway, you know, you're, you're, so state, in, you're so intimidating. State, yeah, right. Uh, state House and State Senate. Right, so what are, you know, and, and I, I absolutely respect and understand the questions about top of the ballot and all of, you know, all of it. My view on this is that politics are local and that in what the way that you fire up the grassroots is to get them to feel invested in who they are voting for. Okay? There is no better way to do that than to get them to understand who the representative and who the senator is for their district, their okay. Senate district and their representative. They district. knock on doors. They And if they don't, you can still, I mean, all of that information is available. So when we start talking about how do voters get involved, mm-hmm. my challenge to everybody is if you do not know who your representative is and who your senator is, find out. Email them. You know, start getting engaged at that local level. That is actually, you know, that is the very definition of grassroots involvement. And that, you know, if I can get people invested in, hey, I want this person to be elected if they're not, you know, currently occupying the seat, or I want to make sure that this person stays in office if they are currently occupying the seat. If people show up to do that, 
they will actually go from the bottom of the ballot up. Okay, thank you. From the bottom up, let's get to the phones. Uh, we got about two and a half minutes. Uh, WDEL, Jensen. Hi, you're live on the air. No cussing. What's your first name? Dennis. All right, Dennis, you're on with Julianne. Well, thank you for taking my call. And Julianne, I'm, I was, uh, I've been in and out of my car running here, and so I haven't heard everything that you said. But one thing that really struck me was you're saying that you uh, did not uh, win the last time because of such a poor Republican turnout. Mm-hmm. I'm dismayed to hear that, but I'm also not surprised. Okay. Um, in my, my, my recent experience, it seems to me that the Republican Party is kind of a, an anemic party in Delaware. A um, couple of examples. Uh, I went to the Republican headquarters uh, a few years ago for the last election to pick up some Trump signs. The door was locked. Uh, finally, when I got in, the lady was there by herself, and she gave me a couple of signs. Nothing seemed to be going on there. There were no other volunteers there, and I had to pay for the signs, uh, which is okay. But, uh, but it just struck me that where's the excitement? Another thing was there in my area, um, so a nice gentleman was running against our, our uh, local Democratic state uh, um, Senate, uh, Senate uh, senator, I'm sorry. And, uh, and I, we were talking in, my, uh, in a shop that I had, and uh, he, uh, I made some suggestion to him about maybe we need to write some letters to the editor, have a local uh, article in the newspaper, um, have some meetings around town and invite people. Mm-hmm. To, to which um, he had excuses why that couldn't be done or why it wouldn't work. Hmm. I even went to one meeting where you were supposed to be there at a local house. And I, I, I admit I may have had the wrong day, but when we got there, nobody was there. I mean, the door wasn't even open. So um, it, it seems to me that, we, uh, that the 30% who come out and, uh, and vote for you are people who listen to this program, people who read the newspaper, people who are informed. But what about the other people who have different reasons, maybe some of them legitimate, why they can't or don't or don't know or don't want to be involved? And okay. it seems to me that if the... Well, if I'm, the I'm going to wrap this because we're running out of time, uh, Dennis, but that's exactly what she's been saying, yeah. is that you're going to get people out on the state level, state house, state senate, knock on doors and uh, and get people to know what's going on and have that, that one-on-one right. uh, experience that he's talking about. Well, and I think I wrote down the word anemic. I think that's actually a pretty you know, apt description of historically how it has been, but it, it, it's just we're about changing that. I can tell you that the energy difference is I, I'm hard to ignore. I just am. That's true. And, you know, and I think that uh, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. I, I'm not aware of any engagement I've ever missed, you know, yeah. in, in terms of, you know, but I, you know, I, we're not, I, I'm not going to accept excuses. The, the time, it is time for us to be engaged and trying to get people to vote. And even something as simple as being at a gas station and saying, are you registered to vote at your current address? I'm, I don't care whether you're voting, what, what you're registered to vote as, because we need Democrats and unaffiliated voters, too, mathematically. So yes, yes, I, you do. There are more. About 50 percent of registered voters in Delaware are Democrats. Yep. Uh, the, what's, the, what's the number of Republicans? Uh, it's well, it's 220,000 and then about 180,000. It's about 28 percent or something like that. And the rest are un, uh, unaffiliated. Are unaffiliated, exactly. And those are the ones you got to get. Well, yeah. Dennis, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Julianne, thanks for being in. Can't believe how quickly the time went. Time flies when you don't know what you're doing. Ah, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> well, that's that's my saying. I didn't say it was yours.